Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHL. I almost did it. <laughs> almost oh, day you're, four, you're, and I really was close to saying you're going to do it at some point. Yeah, I was. So. It, it really almost came out. You are listening <laughs> to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, afternoon, whatever you want to call it. For this game day, this phenomenal Philly Friday, we have hockey tonight, fam. Flyers, sure Rangers, rookie game up in Allentown. We are here to preview preview it for you and so much more. Uh, and uh, with me to do that, as always, the one and only Charlie O'Connor. What's up, Chuck? You know, Bill, it's great to be here. <laughs> I've, it's it's now been a week. This is, as I've been told, Monday the, off, but a nice four day week. True, the way it should true. be. Yeah, I mean that would be ideal. Yeah. However, um, <laughs> I've been told this is the last show of this week. At, P- at PHLY of the inaugural week. So for everybody who, uh, who's who been along for the ride so far, thanks so much. Uh, hopefully you've liked the uh, the content both uh, on our show and then also on the website. It's not going to stop anytime soon, but, uh, but definitely thanks to everyone who's been uh, along for the ride with us thus far. It has been an absolutely wild week. The, uh, the attention like in and out of the business, everyone's feedback has been incredible. But your jobs are not done yet, listeners. Uh, thank you to everyone who has signed up for a diehard membership to this point. And if you haven't yet, what the hell are you waiting for? Get out and do it. I, I mean, you, I, I think, you get I think the next free week, shirt with the membership. Yeah, I think next week will be the first week when one of my articles, and I will have others that will be free, but that'll be the first week where one of my articles is behind uh, the diehard paywall, essentially, so you'll only be able to read it. My, I'm thinking right now it's going to be my very long season preview that I did every year for The Athletic. Um, have a couple other articles, you obviously, in the works. You write a very but, long article, Chuck? Yeah, I know. No. Shocking, right? No. <laughs> uh, but the, the diehard membership is absolutely awesome. And uh, something I found out, like, the other day, I just figured out about it. You get exclusive merch, because I went yep. on our merch store and bought a couple of T-shirts, but there's a hoodie I saw that isn't available. You need a diehard membership to okay. get the hoodie. My mom has one. <laughs> she signed up for the diehard. Thanks a lot, mom. Shout out. I'm going to use her subscription so I can get the cool hoodie. 
because it's just sick looking. Amazing. I kind of want it. But if you haven't got your Die Hard membership yet, I highly urge you to do it. It's all sorts of benefits. This is not just like a paywall subscription service. There's so much more to it. You have to check it out, allphly.com. But, you know, Charlie, it's game day. We're going to see the Flyers. Uh, we're going to see the Flyers, at least the rookies, take the first, take the ice for the first time since the end of uh, last regular season. So I guess yeah. the biggest question on everyone's mind is... What'd you think of that birds game last night? <laughs> I honestly thought you were gonna say the biggest question in everyone's mind is who's, who's gonna, gonna be, be the captain? captain? <laughs> I was like thinking it, and I was already I was too far in. I was like, no, I just got to get the show started. Maybe somebody will wear the C. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, possible. Yeah. Be the only person who wears a C on That's, their Flyers jersey. I wonder this if season. someone has a C tonight. No, nah, they're not gonna put like a no. like an honor. No, it would no. be really funny though. It would be. It would be. <laughs> it would be or do what do what Dion's doing and put like you know leaders on there. Put an is jersey. that what he's doing? And D for dogs. Oh, well, or yeah. you could, we could just have everyone on the team wearing sunglasses on the ice. That'd be kind of sick. It would uh, be can you imagine <laughs> if hockey ever had a personality like oh, Dion? I've been watching ESPN. Like I was watching the uh, the game day, all the game day stuff from uh, ESPN today. With, yeah. Like the McAfee show, the game day was there, and all the uh, first take was there. The previews and they're interviewing Dion. And like, can you imagine if somebody had half the personality of him in hockey? Like the league. Would fold. They would <laughs> fold just so they didn't have to deal with it. They'd be like, "Now nah, we're gonna start a new one without you." I think they did that, like in the ninth, like the beginning of the NHL, is because every owner hated one of the other owners, so they <laughs> folded the league that was and then started the NHL. Pretty sure I read that in the uh, the Down Goes Brown history of the NHL really? book. Yeah. Well, it's like how I think it was Andrew Shaw this week was saying that like all of P.K. Subban's teammates hated him. And I just remember <laughs> seeing that and being like, Andrew Shaw, so this is a guy who got suspended for saying homophobic things to a referee and also basically said it was Kyle Beach's fault that he got sexually assaulted. Like, honestly, I feel like that's kind of an endorsement of P.K. Subban <laughs> when Andrew, Andrew Shaw is saying that like I didn't like ever. him. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that Birds game last night, man. This is a shout out to all my friends still in the, uh, still on the sports radio side of things or still covering the Eagles perfect day uh, for the takes they won so we're happy but we don't like what we saw so we're mad yeah perfect day for the takes. I feel like I don't know it was yes I am a bit concerned about Jalen Hurts because you know he doesn't look like the Jalen Hurts yet from last year he showed flashes but I mean come on they ran for like 300 yards and won the that game that doesn't count though you have to pass and look good doing it <laughs> but if they pass then people will be saying they need to run more oh of course yeah run the ball Andy what are we doing uh but so that's uh, I, listen this is a Flyers show, but I often say the Eagles are they're not a they're not a football team, they're not a sports franchise. They are our civic religion. Oh yeah. If you live in the Delaware Valley, <laughs> you're an Eagles fan. So, uh gr happy to be 2 and 0 after Very that. happy Just, to be 2 and 0. That's you they know, don't ask how they ask how many at wins the end wins. of the day. Uh but I do want to get to I do want to get to the Flyers now. And with the rookie games, uh the rookie series that's going to be up in Allentown, they play tonight, Friday night, and they have a game tomorrow, I believe at 5. Uh, up up in the uh, PPL Center. Yes, correct. It, it got me thinking back to uh, the rookie game in 2011 uh, against the Caps when they they played. A, I think it was like their fifth one. Like when they started this series against the Capitals, they played them every year, and it was it was the year of okay. You know, Richards and Carter are gone. What did we bring in for them? And it was going to be our first look at Couturier and Shen. And the turnout for the game was like 
incredible. I remember it, it was when I first started covering the team, like halfway through 2010-11 is I think when I started with Bleacher Report as a blogger. And so that was like that off season was really my first time right. like doing stuff. It was a hell of an off season. And it was absolutely <laughs> it was the Briz off season. Like yeah. it was just completely ridiculous. And I remember going to that rookie game. Turnout was incredible. I was like tailgating and I just looked up at one point and like a line around the corner at Wells Fargo Center before they opened the doors for rookie game in the middle of the summer. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So we're still a hockey town. And obviously the way the last decade or so has gone has really taken away from some of that enthusiasm. But I think back to that game and yes, we were all there to see Couturier and Shen. Like we were told Braden Shen's the best player in the league or the best player in the world, not yet in the league. Yes. That's, that was the caveat they put on him. And Sean Couturier was like, oh, well, he might have gone first if he didn't get mono. You know, there's always that. Um, like Mitch would have been up there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. regard, look, Couturier's had a hell of a career already and it's not over. So pretty good Hope draft not. pick there. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, but it, like, and then I remember watching that game and... Matt Reed, you know, undrafted free agent out of uh, Bemidji. Bemidji State. And, and my boy Harry Z, Zollnerchuk. Zollnerchuk. Like, those dudes, like, really stood out in that game. And then Reed ends up making the team out of camp. I think Harry Z made it out. Like, he got called up after, he about, definitely played. after about five games. Yeah. He got called up. Uh, and I just wanted to ask you, looking at this roster, so we've spent this first week of PHLY Flyers talking about the dudes who we expect to make the team. Maybe they're not Couture and Shen, but like Forster's probably making it. We're going to see Desnoyers at some point this year, whether he makes the team right. or it's a call up. Like we're going to see email Andre at some point, I would guess. If there's going to be that surprise though, who would you like really pin it on? Cause the more I read about Matt Brown and he's just a camp invite, uh, he's not even on an ELC the way, uh, you know, they signed, uh, they signed Matt Reed as a free yeah. agent out of college. He was exactly. already in the organization. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's not apples to apples, but Matt Brown seems to have a little bit more of a chance than your average. Oh yeah. We brought him in cause we needed bodies. Well, what I'll say about him and he's a camp invite. So there's no guarantee he's yeah. ever going to get an entry level contract. It was interesting this morning. So I was at a, I was at camp in Voorhees for the morning skate before coming to the studio to record the show. And Matt Brown was actually on a power play, which is interesting because granted it may be a situation where J.R. Avon, who was expected to be playing still isn't on the ice. He he apparently has a lower body issue that happened, I think, the day before camp is what I heard. Um, they're just trying to figure out the severity of that. But it's possible that he was the guy who they envisioned putting in that that final spot on one of the, the power play units. There's obviously going to be 10 guys on the power play units. And maybe Brown is just a replacement. But it's interesting because, number one, he scored a lot of points at BU last year. Number two, he's older. He's 24, he's 24 years old. Yeah. So in these kinds of games where you have a lot of younger guys on both sides, a lot of guys who are 18, 19 years old who aren't necessarily built yet to stand out in these kind of games unless they have super high-end skill, a 24-year-old can score some points because he's got an advantage over everybody else. He's a man. He's just, he's a man and these are teenagers out there. Exactly. (laughs) So it would be interesting to me if Matt Matt Brown does maybe surprise a little bit. He's, He's a possibility. I know we've talked about him on the show a couple days now now we've had the show going for more than a few days um about adam jenning he's a guy where he may not stand out in the sense he's going to score two goals because that's just not his game but 
He's on the first pair. They have him paired with Oliver Bonk, and Bonk's a guy who everybody's going to be paying attention to. It would not shock me, let's say, if Jinning actually looks better than Bonk, not because Jinning is a better prospect than Bonk, but because Jinning is— Yeah, he's just more advanced. He's physically developed, and Bonk is getting used to this fact, this like competition of, I'm not playing just against junior kids anymore. I'm playing against some older people. So that wouldn't shock me if, if Jinning surprises. But, but Brown's interesting because, you know, he's getting an opportunity. He's a camp invite right now. He's getting to play on the power play. He's getting to play on the third line with Samu Tuamala. So he's got some talent there. If he were to score a couple goals this weekend, does the Flyers organization start to think, maybe we toss this guy in ELC and see what he can do in the minors this year? We'll see. It's always, I always think it's, uh, you know, obviously you have to think big picture, number of contracts, number of guys you have, or, you know, how many draft picks are we going to have going into next season? Do we really want to lock in certain, uh, certain commitments? But I love rolling the dice on guys like this. And I, 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 I'm happy to see them get opportunity more than anything, but just the Flyers luck what it has been for 10 years. <laughs> Don't they deserve like a diamond in the rough to just break out? I remember they got, you you mentioned Matt Reed. They got really lucky with him because I remember that was, I was really starting to get into the weeds of really being a like writer slash analyst of the team back then. And I remember looking at the roster going into, and this was even after they made the Carter and Richards trades and just looking at, um, I think it was cap geek at the time. It wasn't cap friendly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and looking at him being like, they're not going to get under the cap unless <laughs> one of these guys on a cheap cap hit deal actually makes the team. And it was just like, well, I guess Matt Reed looked pretty good in Adirondack at the end of the season after they signed him. Maybe it has to be him. And I think they kind of were in a position where, like, that was the only way the cap situation was going to work. And they just lucked out that he happened to be, like, an actual NHL caliber player who scored 20 goals that year. Like, if he stunk, I don't know what they would have done because <laughs> they didn't have room. Uh, they, uh, it's crazy. The- they have been in cap trouble since the implementation of the cap. Oh, yeah. Except for a couple of years under Hextall where he cleared it all out. It's not like they had a ton. No. But they, they immediately he, signed James Van Riemsdyk. <laughs> they immediately signed JVR, and then Chuck Fletcher comes in and squanders all of it. Just immediately. Oh, but, boy. Uh, just, tonight is the uh, the first of the, the rookie games, and we actually have the lineup for tonight. So I just wanted to take a look at that. And uh, first thing that stood out to me, I think, is a – Pretty pretty genius business move with two games and two nights. Uh, you have Tyson Forster going tonight. Email Andre is a, a scratch. I, I would say they're the two like headline guys. Yeah, I would say so, especially because you know Forster is making the big more again and more they get yeah. more into him later in the show. But he's making the big push. He's the favorite to make the team. Andre, I don't know if he has the second best chance because I think he's kind of around the same spot as as Jenning. And also um, you have Denoye, who I think probably has a better chance than Andre of making the team. The thing with Andre is that people haven't really seen him. That's the, that's uh, he's just new in terms of like wanting to see somebody exactly. like Forster. He's the like he's going to be a flyer all intents and purposes. Probably. Sure looks like it. And now and Andre is just this one that we kind of just been waiting to see. Yeah. And uh, he is as we have the. Uh, uh, as we have the graphic, truly battling for a spot. He's in that doing uh, Denoyer and getting category of he can make it. Yeah. it's He's going to have to win it. He's going to have to beat somebody out. And maybe it's a tough decision that the front office is like, 
uh, yeah, well, yeah. Sean Walker's just going to be on this team so he doesn't make it. Or, oh, yeah, we're going to try to put him through waivers, see what happens. Yeah. You know, like it, it could go either way, and I'll understand either way. But uh, Andre is that guy that I think headlining – uh, like I want to see Bobby Brink personally, just because I to like be sure. him. But like everybody in Allentown, like if you were a Phantoms uh, regular at the PPL Center, you've seen Brink. You know, you, like you've seen some of these guys. Andre's the fun new. One. Yeah, he's the new toy, and. and- I was mildly surprised that he got scratched for the first game. I imagine he's going to play in game two on on Saturday. I think that's a lock. But my guess is that most of the players are going to play in both games because they have 25 players at this camp. Now they have 24 healthy guys because it doesn't look like J.R.A. Fon's going to play. And two of them are goalies, so the two goalies are going to play. So basically what you end up with is there's going to be four healthy scratches for each of the games, which means that if you wanted to, you could have played Andre in both games. Like, for example, we were basically told by Ian LaPerriere yesterday after uh, after practice that um, – Bobby Brink is going to play in both games because they want to see him now that he's healthy. They want to see a lot of him. They want to give him a lot of ice time, see how he handles it, because this is the real Bobby Brink as opposed to last season where they were getting the 70% Bobby Brink, and they want to see what the 100% Bobby Brink is. So I'm mildly surprised that Andre... test, like... It is, oh, to be you, sure. you're healthy. You've been working out. You've been working on your skating. All right, let's see what happens when you have to go back to back. So let's see how much work you really put in. Not to say, like, they, they're skeptical, but just this is how you test a guy to be sure to back to be sure so i was a little surprised andre didn't get this game Uh, my guess is that they if i had to guess it might be a situation where they want andre to quarterback a power play and they might have looked at it as well we'll have because apparently according to the the lineups that i saw at practice today it looks like bonk is going to be quarterbacking one power play ethan sampson is going to be quarterbacking the other now, my guess is maybe Samson or Bonk. Maybe they're not going to play Bonk in both games. One of those two guys may sit on Saturday, and then you get Andre come in and he quarterbacks his own power play. That could happen. That said, I, I am still a little surprised about Andre not playing. I, I was expecting him to be in both. Because like, uh, if we're talking about, okay, we want to see a ton of Brank. Like we, you expect Forster to play both games. The dudes who are in that like favorite to make it like Forster or truly battling, you would just think they would want as much opportunity as possible for those guys. Yes. Like just let's see, unless they have their, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I'm trying to, like, what is their it's, thinking it's here? It's such a and, minor thing in the grand scheme. Yeah. Because like, if Andre well, then you goes know, out. That's what we do. Yeah, if he goes out on Saturday and is dominant, then no one's going to care. Yes. But it's just it's just a little bit interesting. And really, him and LJ Grons are the only two guys that are scratched that were that are relevant. You know, you have you have Mann, who was a seventh-round pick this year. He's years away if he ever makes it. And then Sedley is whatever. So it's basically Grons and, uh, and Andre. That said, there are more defensemen than four at this camp in terms of fitting everybody yeah it's a little bit harder so decisions have to be made but yeah there's still going to be more than enough viable prospects in this game line one we got alexis gendron la Danoye centering and then forcer line two you've got uh, a camp invite but then you have denver barkey and then you have bobby brink so line two is looking looking interesting there with those two guys then you have matt brown who we talked about you have a camp invite then to a on line three and then line four actually you've got alex churn 
Harnick, who I really want to see. He was the uh, the fourth round pick for the Flyers this year. We really didn't get to see much out of him at development camp. He got banged up. Um, I'm excited to see what he can provide. And then Zade Wisdom playing on the other the other wing there. Really, as we talked about yesterday, we really want to see him have a bounce back year after the way last year went for him, which didn't do a lot for his prospect development. So just in terms of expectations for tonight, Charlie, you know, like Tyson Forster, if he does anything but go out and dominate, I know, I'm, oh, my gosh, should, should we be worried? No, that's – but like, should we expect the guys who we believe are going to be NHLers this year, Forster, Bonk maybe – or not Bonk, uh, Brink maybe. Yeah. Like some of these dudes, uh, Andre – should we expect to see them go out and be head and shoulders above most of everyone else if they're actually in this rookie game you know, advanced to the point where they could play in the NHL this year? De Noyer. You know what? To be honest, yeah. And and it's not it's not that if Tyson Forrester doesn't score a goal that he's a bust and he sucks. Sometimes you don't score. Yeah, sometimes you don't score. But I do think that you want these guys to stand out in some form or another. And it's not even, let, let's say one of these guys that we're looking at, that he struggles. If that happens, it doesn't mean that he's going to struggle all year. It just might not bode well for them making the team out of camp. Because I think back to last year's rookie games. Noah Cates, dominant. You had, uh, I believe, Denoye was impressive. Like, I, I'll go back through my notes, but the guy who, who sticks in my head is Noah Cates, is that he went out there and it was just every shift, he was noticeable, he was doing something right. And you just, you watch these games and you just said to yourself, there's no way he's not on this team. And I want to have that same feeling watching Tyson Forrester because that's the position that he's kind of put himself in where he's in a lot of ways, and I, I noted this in my article from yesterday about Forrester, I noted this directly lady in LaPerriere when we talked to him yesterday he's kind of following the Noah Cates path where he gets called up at the end of the year looks really good in the NHL has a great summer and now he's being presented as the favorite out of the prospects to make the team Noah Cates he, he met that challenge. He rose to meet that challenge. I want to see Tyson Forrester rise to meet that challenge. And I want to see I want to see Bobby Brink be an offensive weapon, be extremely dangerous looking on the power play. I want to see Denoye making those little plays kind of like Cates did at, at last year's rookie games. I want to see Andre when he gets in. I want to see him being physical, being assertive, making smart passes, being active in the offensive zone. I want to see Jenning hitting people. I want to see him cleaning, cleaning the porch in the defense zone like these guys who are close I want to see them show why they're close and if they don't show it it doesn't mean they're destined to be a bust it doesn't mean they're destined not to make the team but it does mean that maybe they're not in the frame of mind that's going to allow them to make a real push at this camp to make this team you know we talk about uh we talk about Tyson Forster favorite to make the team uh Bobby Brink maybe a little bit of an underdog yeah well, whether you're betting on favorites or underdogs you should do it at DraftKings because football is back in full swing with another week of epic games and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them it's DraftKings Sportsbook an official betting partner of the NFL new customers can bet five dollars on football and get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets nobody's missing out on the action this season though like you always see oh well great new customers I've had DraftKings for years how does that help me no one's getting left behind by DraftKings uh, because 
Every customer, all DraftKings users, can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. If there is football action, you have an offer from DraftKings. So get in on NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code PHLY to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crime is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ont see sportsbook.draft kings.com slash football terms for eligibility and apply uh, terms and responsible let me try that again <laughs> terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply all right so step back on friday yeah yeah Not you were quite. rolling really well for I a know, while it was going too well yeah yeah things, it's like the flyers man as soon as start things things start going too well you just know one of your favorite players on the team is going to be out inexplicably for yeah. six months you just got in your own head a little bit i was yeah i was feeling it you, you can't you can't feel <laughs> Feel the victory before it's over. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you have to finish got the it, game. Got away for the final Unable whistle. to finish the game there. Uh, <laughs> but decent. Not bad. We'll we'll get it together again for Monday. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about this rookie game, but you, we've been harping on the prospects all week. Because that, one, that's what's going right now. And two... That's what matters in the rebuild. Sure. Yes, when the games start, we will be focusing on the day in, day out of the Philadelphia Flyers who are actually at the NHL level. But that hasn't happened yet. And as this rebuild gets going, what matters is the future. And we've been looking towards that. And, you know, in the spirit of that, you had a conversation with Brent Flair breaking down your top 20 list, the one you and Alex Appleyard put together uh, that launched, what, it came out the opening day of uh, yeah, allphly.com. Yeah, so it was great. And you've had uh, the uh, the opportunity to speak to Flair each of the last few years, right? Where we, you're we able usually to do it twice a year. Twice so we a have year. we have our September list, which is basically our summer list after the draft, and then we have one midway through the season. We usually do it some sometime around the All Star break, just to get an idea of like how the players are doing during their developmental year, how things have changed, who's broken out, who's taken a step back, and thankfully, you know, Brent Flair has always been willing to speak with us pretty much ever since he took the job. And while there was some question in the the immediate aftermath of Chuck Fletcher getting let go if Flair was going to stick around it appears he will stick around I think he has a good relationship with Danny Briere and he uh, was willing to uh, to sit down and by sit down I mean talk on the phone uh, was willing to sit down with us to uh, to talk through the top 20 ranking and uh, I hope you checked out those articles they're at all phly.com definitely take a look they're all free so feel free to check them out but yeah we we went through all 20 and uh, you know obviously we kicked it off with Mave Mitch off here we go check there we go another another Drink. reference yep um 
the main thing that I asked him about Mitchkov, and I did, when we had the interview, I did ask him about, because it was, when I spoke with him, he was still getting buried at Ska and not getting to play, and I asked him about that, and he basically said, I'm sorry, I can't comment, which <laughs> makes sense, because he certainly doesn't want to put his prospect in an even worse position yeah. that he was already in, in terms of not playing, <laughs> when he's got the NHL team saying you should play him more, and then they just say, well, screw you, now we're never going to play him yeah. so Brett understandably was like nah I'm not even going to go there but what he did answer questions about was this idea of Mitchkoff playing center because for people who've been on social media who are active in Flyers Twitter during the preseason with Ska before he was loaned to Sochi Mitchkoff played a bit of center and Mitchkoff said that he's always wanted to try this you know he would like the idea of testing himself out at center and he looked pretty good at center now at Soji he's back on the wing so I asked Brent basically is this something that you guys are on board with is this something that you guys were part of that you did you guys take him with the assumption that hey maybe he could be a center and flair made it pretty clear that nah this is a mitchkoff thing this isn't an yeah. us thing and that's we and we know how desperate they are for centers like last year they converted noah cates and he you know after, did pretty well after kevin hayes was like after the coach was like he's not even a center like, well really because <laughs> he's been a center for like a, a decade that's what he is yeah. <laughs> and sean couturier is not there you know morgan frost we weren't sure if he's a winger or center no cates became that center and you know they drafted gochier as a wing and it's all right he's gonna play some center at college we'll see how it works out yeah. and looks like he started out pretty well but in world championships he was back on the wing so we don't really have it so you know the guy who could be a superstar yeah let's put him in the middle of the see how it goes it's worth a shot i was really impressed with reading this how open flair is about what he thinks guys ceilings are yeah. and what they need to work on when just talking about mishkov like you know dude has superstar potential and he just goes yeah i just see him as a wing like and it's not like he's burying him or yeah. anything but he's I don't really think that's what he's going to be here. Yeah. And that's it, totally, totally fine opinion. I just really appreciated that throughout this interview. So definitely check it out. Uh, he's very forthcoming about what he believes guys' ceilings and roles will ultimately be. Uh, one of those being someone we've talked a lot about in these first couple of days, Elliot Desnoyers. Because, uh, man, when you just see the numbers and you see the way he plays the game, very excited. What, what stood out to you about what... Uh, what Flair said about Desnoyers. Well, I, I think one thing, and this just speaks to, understandably, fans are, you know, playing around with the roster, looking at, okay, who's going to make the team? How's everybody going to fit? What's the cap situation and everything like that? Desnoyers is not going to make this team unless he's one of the 12 forwards that's going to be in the starting lineup for game one. Yeah. Like, that's, it's not like he's going to make the team as a 13th. It's not like he's going to make the team as a guy who no will, point of that. will play two games and then sit for two games and then play a game and sit. No, they want him playing. So if Desnoyers is going to make this team, he's going to need to bang the door down and he's going to have to beat out guys. And I'm not saying that they're going to wave Nick Delorier. They won't, but he's going to have to, you know, push a Nick Delorier or push someone who we have penciled in on that fourth line into a, a press box role, at least for a bit, because we need to get Elliot doing it in this lineup. And the thing that helps his case is that he is versatile, is that he can play center. He played center for the bulk of his AHL season last year and did quite well in that spot, but he can also play wing easily. So he can fit into a lot of different spots. Compare that to someone like Forrester, who he's a natural right wing. 
can he play left? Sure. But I have a feeling that if he makes a team, they're going to want him while he's adjusting to the NHL level to play his best position. Same thing with Bobby Brink, also a natural right wing. Denoyer, they can sort of put anywhere because that's his that's his calling card. He's, he's versatile. He's potentially the next Scott Lawton. And that's Scott Lawton's thing is that he can play anywhere and play in any line, in any role. He can be on the power play, he can be on the penalty kill. He can do whatever. I think that's the way they view Denoyer. So uh, Flair was open that he's not going to be making the team as a part-time guy. If he makes a team, he's making the team as an every night player. I just, um, you know, we went back to 2011 to start the show, but now I want to go back to 2012, I think, is when Lawton was drafted. Yes, it was. Uh, can you imagine 10 years later, the next Scott Lawton is actually a, like, very good thing to say about a guy? Yeah, right. Like, that's, that's, that's praise now. Because <laughs> he, he got the tryout, and it was the shortened season. So it wasn't even, like, the 10-game tryout before they sent him back to juniors, Lawton. It was, like, five, and they're like, oh, yeah, you got to go back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, and the, where we've come with him, it's... Yeah, if they're going to put a letter on someone, it's Scott Lawton. Like, he's the only one who had a letter on his jersey yeah. last year. Yeah. And we've always, I've always been skeptical, like the way he played. And now it's, you know, I don't know what role it would be, but if I was a coach, Scott Lawton could, he'd have a spot. Yeah. You know, he'd yeah, always he's have around. a spot. And that's what, yeah. that's what seems to be the consensus about Desnoyers. And I think LaPerriere kind of, uh, LaPerriere, who you also spoke to, kind of, echoed those sentiments about Desnoyers. Yeah, he basically said yesterday, and I included this in the notes section of my article uh, on Forrester, which we'll get to in the next segment, basically said, for me, the closest kid detail-wise and maturity-wise to being an NHLer, it's Desi. I think he's the closest. And basically, LaPerriere made it clear that that doesn't mean Denoyer is making the team. That doesn't mean he is the favorite above guys like Forrester because the point that LaPerriere made is that just because he has the details and because he has the maturity doesn't mean he's physically ready yet. It doesn't mean that when he hits the preseason games where it's pretty much all pros that he's not still getting beaten around and knocked around and he can't hang. It's possible. That said, he was in the NHL for a little bit last year, didn't look totally out of place. So I think he's in that realm. That said, we're talking about a guy who... The coaches love. People in the organization love. And they're going to be giving him opportunities, I really think, to, to, to really hammer out a role here. And whether he does it or not, it's just going to come down to how he performs. We spoke with Denoye today, and he was open about the fact that, look, I have an opportunity, I feel ready, but in the end, I'm the one who's going to decide whether I make this team or not by how I play. Oh, man, I really like this kid. <laughs> I really, really am rooting for this guy. Uh, but just back to your, your conversations with, uh, with Brent Flair for a minute. Uh, some of the, I guess, I, I, Bonk, not a lesser known, but, you know, Egers of Argon, the uh, goalie they drafted, some interesting notes on him. Yeah, one thing that, and I didn't know this, because we didn't talk much to Flair after the draft, or, or Briere, for that matter, about this pick. And this was the goalie they took in the third round uh, after they had already taken Bjarnason, and they were just high enough on this guy that they just said, screw it, he's high enough on our board, let's just take another goalie. Why not? Well, I and I believe the way you pronounce his name is Zavragin. Zavragin. I think that's dope. He is apparently, according to Brent Flair, he is like the understudy to Nikolai Hobby Bullen that basically he has kind of been taken under Hobby Bullen's wing, which is pretty neat. Is he sitting there like talking to himself and making crazy facial tics? I or? mean, <laughs> I, I if he does, that would be amazing. <laughs> it would be. I mean, love goalies with personality. Yeah, certain. But it's pretty cool that, you know, that's... this is a guy who Hobby Bullen, I mean, I don't think he's a Hall of Fame goalie, but he was a 
really good goalie for a, hell a long of a goalie, time. He won a cup. He was yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah, he was a really good goalie. And, you know, this is a situation where if he can learn, if this prospect, this relatively unknown prospect, can learn from one of the better goalies of that era, I think that could, that's nothing but a good thing. It definitely doesn't hurt. Uh, what what were some of your like other biggest takeaways from from the Brent, Brent Flair thing? I, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think just you're definitely seeing Flair speaking about these guys with the knowledge that this is a rebuild. You know, it, it, it all it kind seems of, like he's to, like everyone is. I won't say a weight off their shoulders, but they're yes. just they just everyone seems more free. Yeah, like uh, yeah, we're. Yeah, we're rebuilding because yeah. it's such it's so obvious, but they refuse to acknowledge that they needed to. And then they refuse to say the word. And finally, now everyone's <laughs> like, we are building to the future. So all of our thoughts about these guys yes. is what is this going to be? You know, in the Mishkov time frame, basically, it's okay. When Mishkov gets here, what are we going to have around him? Exactly, exactly. And I, I think it's just. One thing about Flair, and this was, I think this was rumored a little bit, but you never know because Flair was so tied to Chuck. Because, I mean, they've been, they've been tied. They were together in Minnesota. I believe they, they got to know each other in Florida, which was basically Fletcher's first job. So they've been joined at the hip for a while. Flair's always been Fletcher's draft and prospect guy. But there had always been kind of rumblings that, that like Flair was more open to the idea that this team needed to rebuild maybe than Fletcher because was. He's not dumb. Well, and and also, and, and like I don't think I'm sorry. I don't think I Chuck know, is a dumb I know, guy. I know. That said, he went to Harvard. Well, I no, know. But, but I think you that, Ivy League people all stick, yeah, we together. stick together. But what I, I think Fletcher knew to on you, some baby. level. God damn it! <laughs> on some level, I think Fletcher realized that look, like if we rebuild, I'm not going to be the guy rebuilding. So it was a, yeah. it was it was a little bit of self preservation to be like, no, we don't need to rebuild. Well, no, My was, plan will work. I, I mean, swear. I swear. It's common sense to think, okay. Everyone's frustrated with Ron Hextall, mostly because of his personality, but also because this thing doesn't seem to be moving forward. We're just stuck in neutral. Yeah. And like they came before Fletcher even gets hired. You have, I think, Dave Scott being like, bias for action. We're yep. going to do stuff. Yep, yep. So it was his job to do stuff. Yeah. Some of it turned out to be dumb as hell. Yep. But <laughs> like, he, he did, did stuff. He did so stuff. It the, didn't work. If you're going to reverse <laughs> course, you got to have the frame of mind like, okay, I was brought in here to do this. If they're going to do something else... I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it ain't going to be me. It's not going to be me. It ain't going to be me. That's not how sports work. Exactly. So I think Fletcher, maybe, like, maybe if you, and I wouldn't know this, but like, maybe if you hook Chuck Fletcher up to a lie detector, he might have agreed that, yeah, this team probably needs to rebuild. But guess what? I like being employed. And if they're rebuilding, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to get fired. So I'm going to keep saying we don't have to rebuild. And Comcast doesn't understand because they don't know how to run a hockey team. Exactly. So it was like, no, we want to fill the building. Go win. Go win. It's like, well, we don't have any good players. <laughs> so I can't. The but good ones we do have keep dropping dead. Basically. So I don't my, see how we can possibly win. The point I'm making, though, yes, is that I man. got the sense that you get the sense the fact that Brent Flair is still here, that tells me that he is on board with the idea of a rebuild and maybe was on board with the idea of a rebuild even before Chuck Fletcher was let go as GM. Because I can't imagine, like, they were joined at the hip, and if, if Brent Flair was... Like, for example, 
Ron Hextall and Chris Pryor, they have been joined at the hip. Chris Pryor was gone with Ron Hextall. Yeah. The fact that Chuck Fletcher got let go and they didn't immediately fire Brent, that tells me that they, they, well, it's not like Brent Flair was being disloyal to Chuck Fletcher. I'm sure they are still very close as friends, but it tells me that Briere and the rest of the people coming in knew that Brent was going to be on board with this change of direction. And like... Leading up to the draft, because it's late in the year where they let Chuck Fletcher go. The work for the draft is being done and is completed. Like, it's we can hire someone and be like, well, start. You know, the, the draft's in a month. Good luck. That's absolutely true. Like, but they, but they so, easily could have let him go after the draft. Uh, and the, the thinking, I think we even talked about it at the time, is, all right, yeah, he's still here now because, like, we need someone to run the draft. Right. He's still here. And so that kind of gives you the idea that he you know, was on board or got on board with the idea that, yeah, I need to start over. Um, so I, glad you got to talk to him. Really happy with uh, some of his answers and the forthcomingness. Uh, it was it was really good. So I hope everyone goes and checks that out at allphly.com. What else should they check out, Bill? <laughs> the LaPerriere article about Tyson <laughs> Forster. I was th- I always thought I was leading oh. you into a read. Oh, yeah, we are going to do that, actually. <laughs> and if you're looking to check stuff out on the old internet, you know, the uh, the World Wide Web, <laughs> you should check out FOCO. Uh, because FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. It's getting chilly out there, man. It was, it, I think it was a little colder than people expected at the Eagles game last night. It's like 57 degrees this morning, which was, is gorgeous yeah, weather in the sun. A little bit of frost. I loved it. It was a little chilly out there. Was, but, was it Morgan Frost? Oh, oh. wow. <laughs> <laughs> so if you need some of that cold weather gear, some of that great team apparel, you can get it at FOCO, whether it's overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game, whether you're looking for team apparel or you know some accessories toys, collectibles, novelty items. FOCO has you covered because FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of the show, and for all non-presale items, use promo code PHLY for 10% off. That's FOCO. Check it out. Pretty great stuff. All right, now we can get to the good job queuing that up. Chuck. Yeah, I tried. I, was, I, I you didn't quite like. I, I, I tried to throw it, you a softball, and I was doing it in time in my head. I was like, we probably have a few more minutes before I need to do this, but no, that was that was the time to do it. <laughs> uh, so, when it gets to that, uh, your your article on Tyson Forster, we've spent a lot of time talking about him this week because he's the favorite to make the team out of all the rookies who are in camp right now. Uh, we loved what we saw out of him. I mean. When the coach who, you know, yeah, it's not like he's mean all the time, but it seems as if he's a critical guy. When John Tortorella critical? When, when no. John Tortorella is, Never. is saying, like, in the season, I have to back up of what I think of. Like, I am maybe putting unrealistic expectations on this dude. He's penciled in my head in the lineup for next yeah. year. I have to take a step back. When John Tortorella is saying this, I think we have a right to be a little excited about the possibility of him making the team. And, uh... And LaPerriere agrees. Yes, Lappy. We had a lot of comments ye- yesterday that were like, I forgot Lappy yeah, was like, still I can't believe thing. he's still he's here. He's still here, man. And LaPerriere is going to outlast all of he's us. He's the ultimate survivor. Yes. <laughs> he's survived like four different regimes now. I mean, not to mention two pucks to the face. Uh, well, and then there's, there's the fact that like he was 
objectively a terrible penalty kill coach oh and somehow God. they kept him and now he's like revamped himself as an AHL I head guess. coach I guess and and honestly the Phantoms were decent last yeah, year good. so he's getting better the first year I was like this is not really working. this is what we're doing this is not working <laughs> last year it seems like he's building good relationships with his players it seems like he's getting a handle on this more while, so that's good to say while the results and I don't need to stick up for Anne LaPerriere here we, we we have go in our archives oh yeah I, I, I've been very critical of the <laughs> of episodes of the old Broad Street Hockey where we're criticizing Anne LaPerriere. That said, with the benefit of hindsight, those teams were bad. Yeah, they so were bad. While the results he got from the penalty kill were bad, so too was the team. The organization as a whole. So maybe some of the criticism was, if not unwarranted, a little more than it should have been. Yeah. Also, it was bad. It was bad. It was, it was like, legitimately poorly when, run. <laughs> uh, the, fun, the thing I'll always think about of that era is uh, when the players on the Senators are in the Uber and yes. they get, oh my they get God. recorded criticizing their coach and how bad his strategy is. And the Flyers is, were worse. And how bad their penalty kill is. And the only team that's worse is the Flyers. Oh like God. That is the encapsulation of that era. Uh, but anyway, you talk about... We deserve about, medals for living through this I, shit. Just thinking back, like I was thinking like to that, to that 2011 rookie game again. College aged me. I'm mostly there to crush beers, but I'm taking notes too. Uh, I had a little notepad. Love that for you, Bill. Yeah, I had a little notepad. You knew where this was going. Yeah, yeah. If I, I'm glad time travel doesn't exist because like a year and a half ago, I would have gone back to that college age kid and been like, do something else. <laughs> Just find something else. Do not make hockey your niche. And glad I did because it now seems, you're here. Seems to have worked out. <laughs> but like, damn man, what we have been through with this goddamn team. It's pretty ridiculous. wild. But anyway, uh, LaPerriere echoes the sentiment that, oh, yeah, Tyson Forster making this team, he's not going to get a chance to coach him, which selfishly he wishes he could. But he coached him last year. He, he knows yes, him. Uh, this so season, he knows him, but this but season. He yes. also has the uh, the distinction of he called Noah Cates last sure year. Sure did. He, he predicted Noah Cates would not be with the Phantoms. He would be with the Flyers. Lo and behold, we saw Noah Cates really happy with how he turned out. He predicts the same for Tyson Forster. Yeah, and I think it's just setting it up for Forrester, you know, we talked about on last, like, I think it was Wednesday show or Thursday show or maybe both shows about how Tyson Forrester is very clearly the favorite to make the team out of all the prospects. This just cemented that. This is a guy who was his coach pretty much all of last year. And he basically said, yeah, he ain't coming back to Lehigh. Aside from this rookie game doubleheader, he'll obviously be in Lehigh. But Lappy believes that his time coaching Tyson Forrester is done, that Tyson Forrester will be in the NHL at the end of camp. And I think part of it, too, it's not just what he saw last year in the NHL. It's not just what he saw in the NHL because Lappy basically said, look, we watch all these NHL games when our kids get called up. We want to see how they do. We really care about these kids. And I fully believe that, you know, whatever, whatever you'll say about Ian LaPerriere's coaching ability, like he does care about his players. And I think that is He's got important. that emotional intelligence. No, he does. He yeah. does care about his players. He connects with them. Most of them, I would say. And, um, and I believe he does really care about somebody like Hudson Forrester was really excited to see him excel in the NHL during that eight game stint 
But I think a big thing for Lappy and a big reason why there's so much internal hype around Tyson Forrester going into this camp is that Forrester basically spent the entire summer in Philly. He lived with Joel Farabee, which I'm very excited to talk to Joel Farabee at main <laughs> camp to hear about how that went. Because they were, I mean, I follow them both on Instagram. So ridiculous. I follow them both on Instagram. They were going fishing like every weekend. They were they were holding up like the <sighs> Tinder pics with the, them holding up are fish. Just the absolute. <laughs> Just the absolute, like, they are all parrot heads. It's like what they are. Like, ah, we're just going to drink and fish, play some hot. Like, it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> they are living their best lives. Oh, all my the time. God. But I really want to hear about how that went because I, I gather is that Joel Farabee let more than Tyson Forrester stay at his place. Like, basically, everybody who was coming in and out of town, <laughs> he was letting them crash. So I can't wait to hear about that. However, um, Tyson Forrester, aside from fishing and hanging out with Joel Farabee, was also basically at the training facility pretty much every day. He has been working his ass They're off. They're saying he's in great shape. Best shape of his life. Oh, Christ. <laughs> no, he's... <laughs> That's the he's, last thing I want to hear. Essentially, though, yes, he yes, did yes. everything that the organization wanted him to do this summer to put himself in position to make this team. And I, I want to read the quote that, that Lappy gave. It's at the end of the column, but it's a really good quote. And he basically said, they say control what you can control, and he did. He trained like an animal all summer. He stayed here. He did everything right. So he can go to bed at night and say, I did everything I can. Now I've got a lot of work in front of me, but I did all the work this summer I'm ready to go and I think in a lot of ways the people in the organization they want to see him get rewarded I, they're not going to give him the job he's got to earn it but they want to see Forrester earn his way onto this team because it shows everybody else this is what this you is have to do this is what you have to do if you want to make the team do everything we tell you to do stay for the summer work your tail off in the gym you know transform your body into a pro level body and then go out there and camp perform well and you'll make the team I think they want Forrester to be an example to everybody else as to this is what you got to do to be a flyer. Like, the hype of him making this team, maybe Provorov, you know, like, Konechny knocked the door down and he made it. But it was like, yeah, we'll see. You know, maybe another year, yeah. but maybe we'll see. Uh, Sanheim was always a we'll see thing until it was like finally. Yeah. And he made it. And yeah. it was like, yeah, we'll see if he plays. Yeah, and then he bounced. You know, he, bounced he bounced. got sent down, came yeah. back up. Like York last year didn't make it. And it was like, no, he has to kick it down. Oscar Lindblom, Morgan Frost. I cannot remember, maybe since Giroux, a dude with this sort of hype to make it like Noah Cates last year, but it was, yeah, he's going to make he it. He just wasn't as excited. No, that's, and, he's going to make I, it. Yeah, he's going to really be a like third Noah liner, Cates. you know? Exactly. And yeah. No, we're, you were, you've been a fan of Cates, but it's just like, yeah, he's going to make it and he's going to be a role player. Exactly. Like Tyson Forster is going to make it and maybe be playing with Konechny and Couturier at some point, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, I can't remember a dude with this sort of hype, it kind of feels like he has to make it. Like yeah. when the coach, guys in the organization are like, oh no, he's NHL ready. Like, it's to the point where he has to almost. Well, again, this is why I want to see him play well in these rookie yeah. games because I want to see him justify. And it's hard to say hype because number one, like how many people are still actually covering this hockey team? So is there really it's that like me, much you hype? And Jordan Hall, <laughs> exactly, and that's it, right? Uh, <laughs> and I know the Inquirer will eventually hire someone to replace uh, replace Gianna, who's taking another position uh, covering the NFL. But uh, but right now there ain't that many people covering this team, so this ain't the hype, e yeah, this ain't right. the Eagle. So hype is a <laughs> 
weird word yes. to say. But I do think that among the people that care about this team, there is an expectation that Tyson Forrester is going to make it. And it does remind me a little bit of Provorov, where the year, because he didn't make the team his first year after he was drafted, the second year he came to camp, there was an expectation, I think, given just how good he looked in Brandon and the fact that he had really checked every single box. I think there was an expectation that he was going to make it. I think there was a similar expectation with Forrester. And it was like, the, with Provorov, it was like, the year before, yeah, I mean, he could have. We could have done yeah. it. And I think also it was just the fact that who do they have on that defense aside from yes. Ghost? That was it. Like, there was no like, There was nobody. It's not like the competition was no, fierce. Was like, yeah, we don't have six. Like, he has to make it, and we still might not have six. Uh, so that was – it's it's very exciting just to have this – and it's – again, it's a first – it's not, you know, say it's not Mitch Cobb. It's not Gauthier. No, no. But it's, it's a first-rounder at least. Yeah. And it's a dude who we saw who – Contributed offensively right away. That's exciting yeah. to me. Like, we're going to have a dude who it's not going to take, you know, a, uh, a Charlie O'Connor level eye watching. Well, thank you, Bill. No, I'm just, listen, <laughs> I learned as much about hockey from your early writing, you know, your blogs where you're showing the clips of Sean Couturier in the neutral zone as I did from, like, coaches I had playing growing up. So uh, you don't need the, but you don't need that level eye to see Tyson Forster score 18 goals. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. that's fun oh to be that's, sure that's actually what we're gonna see hopefully and i think another reason why fans because forster is I wouldn't call it call him, you know, a super popular player because he hasn't played. People don't fully know what he's going to be. But particularly of, of the online section, I think he's, he's a popular prospect. And I think one of the reasons why he is, truthfully, is just because for years, he's the for one. years, he's people were screaming, get a guy who can shoot, shoot and who can score goals. And while since they've taken Forrester, they've taken more guys like that. Yeah, that's Tua, all they have Yeah, now. like Tuamal was a shooter. Goatier's a shooter. Mitchkoff's more of a goal more than yeah. a shooter, he's but he's just yeah. awesome all around. Forcer was the first guy where people just kind of were like, thank you. You finally listened to us. You finally got someone who, who doesn't pass all the time. No. We'll just put the damn puck into the net. And I think there's an excitement level. Even though now he's not the only one, he was the first one, and people really want to no, see it's, that guy. It's it, Now it's just like, oh could really use Jake or G. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, maybe we need a playmaker now. <laughs> we had like two of the best passers in the league for 10 years. No one to pass yeah, you to. You gave them Michael Roffel. Yeah, yeah, Michael Roffel. <laughs> here you go. And now it's like, oh, man. Hopefully Morgan Frost can really step up. We need somebody who can make some plays. But, you know, I think the I think the gist of this is it takes a lot of hard work to make this team. You have to put in the work, and it can be stressful. You know what shouldn't be stressful? What's that, Bill? Buying tickets to your favorite events. You know, buying tickets to your favorite events should never be stressful, and that's where game time comes into play. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. You know, killer deals, last-minute tickets, and the best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have because game time is the place for last minute ticket deals you know i was telling you how much i enjoy uh going to wrestling live wrestling it's like live music for charlie yeah, it's just one of is. my happy places yeah absolutely you know aew's coming to town in about a month i'm like oh man i want to get on these tickets i want to get the right seats i'm like you know what 
I don't have to plan a month ahead. I don't have to see if my friends have something to do in October when I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to the, like, I don't know what I'm doing tonight, <laughs> you know, uh, let alone a month from now. I can just wait because game time will be there for me. They are the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You will make money on the transaction. That's how confident they are that they are the absolute best. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY. HLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today for last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. You know what else is a guarantee? No, I actually don't have anything. Uh, no, you know what else is a, a, guarantee? Else is a guarantee, Bill? Babcock being an asshole. Oh, man. We talked about this Yikes. a little bit the other day, uh, but it really bears repeating now because, like, the NHLPA is involved in this uh, investigation into the. Uh, Story, rumor, whatever it might be. That yeah, the Mike, ba- yeah, yeah, the, uh, Mike Babcock is asking for his players' phones, going through their photo albums, saying, I want to see what kind of person you are. Now, the tone and context of this, uh, depending on who is talking about it, is up for debate. So that's why there's an investigation. But there is a chance that Mike Babcock, before he coaches a game in Columbus is fired and it is the funniest shit in the world to me charlie because this is i I don't even care to comment on him specifically i don't i don't know mike babcock he's never coached the flyers all i do know is dudes who have won with him like you know bill belichick's an asshole but guys who have won with him speak very highly of him like you'll you'll hear funny stories about how he busts balls but they're like oh no he's awesome and it's like guys who have had hall of fame careers under mike babcock are like "Mm, maybe not like yeah this is the retread and the flyers are guilty of it as much as anyone like have an original thought, hockey. Don't have the guy who coached the Red Wings in the early 2000s. Have the next Mike Babcock. Like, come up with an original idea because your chances of success are the same. Like, the number of coaches who have won in more than one place, real low. Real, real low. Yeah. Uh, like, this is, ho- this is where hockey culture, and listen, there's all sorts of problems with it, but just the, like, idea that, well, we need a coach with experience. All right, well, what happens when this group of coaches with experiences are all dead? There's, there's a distinct the lack, fold? There's a lack there of be creativity. no more coaches? Total lack of creativity. And that no. is, it's a problem. It's a real problem. But this Babcock thing is truly fascinating. Basically, the, the newest update is that when it first broke, Columbus kind of got out in front of it to a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say out in yeah. front of it. They responded. But yes, basically, yes. they responded and they said, we've looked into this. Babcock claimed that it's it's all innocent. It's all just, you know, to, to bond with the players. But the big thing was that Boone Jenner, the captain of the team, basically said, yes, he did ask, but I didn't take it in a bad way. And it looked like the story might die there. But what came out last night, according to Elliot Friedman, is that in the process of this NHL, NHLPA investigation of the whole thing, that some of the younger Columbus players basically said, yeah, 
Boone might not have taken it a bad way, but we thought it was kind of weird. And now it's getting to be a thing again where you have, I believe it was Darren Dreger this morning, basically was not willing to rule out the possibility of Mike Babcock not remaining the Columbus Blue Jackets head coach. It's, you know, you know the, <laughs> which would be wild if he never actually coaches. If he coaches never again. coaches, he doesn't coach a preseason game. He's done. Just, Where camp even starts. I, well, the, so the, the thing with this hire, and like, again, this you speaks to what you were saying kind of about the lack of creativity. And I'm generally speaking high on, on Yarmo Kekalainen as a GM. I think he's a smart guy. I think he drafts well. I think he he's didn't love his offseason this offseason. They're gener- in a weird spot. Yeah, but generally, I, I think he's a, a pretty good, smart GM, a good evaluator talent. I think what the thought process behind the Babcock hire was, was that obviously John Tortorella coached in Columbus for a long time. John Tortorella, we are very much getting to know, has a specific style where he, it's all about accountability. He's a hard-nosed guy. He treats his players. He, he demands a lot from his players, probably the best way to put it. Then when Torts decided that he was kind of, he kind of run his course at Columbus, they promoted Brad Larson, who was one of his assistants. And when Brad Larson was let go at the end of last season, there was a general feeling among people in that organization that the accountability had sagged after Torts left. And it makes sense. You've spent years under John Tortorella. Now you don't have someone screaming at you. You every day yes. you, you might not work as hard my accountability when i leave work and start drinking beer changes because exactly. i don't have a boss anymore exactly so i think the thought process was okay we need another hard ass let's get babcock who's a hard ass but the difference between torts and babcock and i'm not saying that everybody who plays for torts likes him no. they don't there are people who but there's a lot who, who do who can't stand i think what it is is that and look i've seen this too Torts will be very hard on you. He will tell you you suck, and he will tell you why you suck. But you do get the sense that he does actually give a shit about you as a person. Like, he was he was real, real hard on Tanner Lazinski, real hard on him. And Tanner Lazinski at the start of the season was battling for a spot, whatever. Tanner Lazinski's kid was about to be born, and basically Torts brought him in his office and said, like, this will not hurt you in terms of your place with the team. Go and be there for the birth of your kid. That's the most important thing. And say what you will about towards. I think that's sincere. I think that, like, he can go completely batshit insane sometimes and lose his mind and then maybe in retrospect think, like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have told I that think- guy he's a waste of life. But I do think that at his core, he cares about his players. I don't think Mike Babcock, at the very least, the players around the league don't think Mike Babcock cares about his players. Wild Torts definitely has a fuse and can just lose it. Yes. Uh, I do think a lot of his antics or whatever you want to call them, his the personality he puts forth are calculated. It is part oh, of a yeah, strategy. Yeah. And... Deep down, he does actually care about yeah. the players. Oh, I, I absolutely think he does. And I think for him, like, when he's hard on guys, he thinks he's being hard on guys because it's, the best, it's the best for them. Yes. And in a weird sort of way, it's like it shows how much he cares. And I'm not saying it's the best way to do it, but in his head, it's coming from a good place, even if it doesn't seem like it. Whereas the impression I get when I hear former players talk about Babcock is that Everything Babcock does is about one person, Mike Babcock. And there just isn't that same there isn't that same voice in the back of your head as a player when you're dealing with Babcock that existed when you're dealing with Torts, where you're like, he doesn't 
hate me. Whereas <laughs> Babcock, it's like it doesn't even. It's not even that they think he's he a hates robot. him. It's just that they don't think he gives a he's, shit. About he's them. incapable yeah. of empathy. Yeah. Uh, just uh, we're gonna wrap up real quick. We're about at the sixty-minute mark. But just in terms of uh, talking about repeating mistakes, like like uh, Babcock, like <laughs> Atlanta expansion, huh? I will. I mean, it's definitely doable because it, it could work. I will say uh, the first thing I thought when I heard them, the idea floated that they might be open to trying a third time in Atlanta is, man, does this speak to the power of Steph Driver? Yes. I mean, yes. Moves to Atlanta and suddenly they're going to get a hockey team hockey again. Team. I mean, for hockey fans, man, she's doing it. It's a market that. I think it's it's a little bit like and not nearly as big, but it's a little bit like the Phoenix market where like the NHL doesn't want to give up on it because there is a lot of potential there. A ton of people live there. It's just it's a hard market for the NHL to crack in a, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, it's a non-traditional market. And then there's the simple fact that it's not a lily white market and the NHL is not good at promoting itself to people who aren't white dudes. Honestly, and if why do you think we're here? Like, if you're because the NHL has spoken to us our entire lives. <laughs> but, but seriously, like, if they're going to make that Atlanta market work, and I think it could, they need to do a much better job of community outreach than they did the first few times. And just an owner who is like interested in making it worse, because like making it work, because like Atlanta wasn't ever last. Like the Thrashers were never last in attendance. It was just like, yeah, we don't even really want to be here. Yeah. Like that's just kind of what it yeah, turned out. The ownership into. was terrible. Yeah. They and, sold and, three times, yeah. I think. Like yeah. Yeah. they weren't was, around that long. It was bad. And that's the thing too, where it's like, look, I'm a huge, huge hockey fan. I've grown up a hockey fan. I love this sport. I think it's a great sport. And I think that anyone can be convinced that hockey is an amazing sport. But you have to actually put the effort in to try to win people which over. Which the which, NHL actually hates doing. They hate, They're now criticizing their fans who don't like the digital boards because you might lose the puck. Well, I mean, you don't know how to watch hockey, and now I'm never going to learn. Thanks but, a lot. But that's the thing. Like, I, the, I, the NHL on some level, league. like, the NHL wants, in theory, to, to grow their fan base, but, not but they really. don't really want it because they still want to have their insular world. Yes. And if you're going to succeed in a market like Atlanta, you got to kind of throw open your doors a little bit. If they were to, to try Atlanta again, I hope, number one, the ownership group would be a lot better. Number two, I hope they would do a lot better job of marketing to to the Atlanta market, which is different than the Edmonton market. All right, Charlie, I think that about does it for our uh, our first week here at PHLY Flyers. I want to thank everyone who joined us live, everyone who's tuned in. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Search PHLY Flyers wherever there are podcasts, and boom. You got us. Content, baby. And make sure you read all Charlie's articles at allphly.com. That'll do it for us. Thank you all. for. I did that part already. Uh, my <laughs> name is Bill Matz for Charlie O'Connor. Have a great weekend, Philly. Silly like the mayor. 